Hey guys, welcome to Nerd Girls Talk About Stuff. It's Chrissy, and today we're doing Scary Cats, reviewing scary things. Um, I am personally a huge, huge scaredy cat. I get really freaked out by the smallest things, and I really don't like watching scary movies, but for some horrible, horrible reason, this entire year I watched a lot of scary movies, and then I thought, oh, you know, like, leading up to Halloween, let's get in the Halloween spirit, like, let's watch a lot of scary things and talk about a lot of spooky stuff, and it has only made me more and more upset. So I've already recorded once, and this was, like, pre, like, like, oh my god, I'm done kind ofness. I was really interested, and I think the reason why um, I was and why a lot of people are is scary things are interesting. They're like an adventure. It makes us feel like any day something can change the norm. It might be part of our own lives that they're supernatural beings at work, but it just, it's something to change up the day. And I think it's personally fun because when I'm investigating, it's just like, I am part of, you know, the action, but I get really scared and freaked out. And there are things that when you start looking up stuff and your life somehow aligns with the truth on those like Wikipedia pages, it gets real creepy. And there's a lot of things in real life that are actually really creepy where you know they're real. It's it's part of life. Like if you're, you know, serial killers type stuff, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, it's real. It's out there. But I mean, the stuff that really creeps me out is supernatural things. Um, you don't want to hear about all the things that scare me. So, first off, um, this is sort of an experimental podcast. What I did is we're going to have us talk to a couple people about some scary stuff. Because even though I really want to have like a, you know, supernatural scary um, topic podcast... Um, I really don't like rehashing things that make me feel uncomfortable. So I had us all, you know, separately give us a little bit of two cents on that spooky, spook, spook, spook topic. Um, so you'll hear from Lisa, Emily, and Rachel, um, throughout the, throughout the podcast. Um, so I'm going to start off with what I think makes a scary movie. Now, first off, I have low standards because literally, not literally, but for the majority of things, anything can scare me. Um, it doesn't take a lot, but I do know the difference. Um, so recently I watched a movie called It Follows. Um, I don't know if y'all heard of it. It came out in 2014. Um, it's, um, plot-wise, essentially, is, like, demon STD. Um, so if you sleep with someone, the next person's going to have this demon follow them, or not really demon, it's, like, it. It follows them, and I'm not gonna give more away just because when you find out what it is, it sort of gives, like, a whole new perspective. Um, the film does an amazing job of making something very simple, terrifying. 
Um, and it makes you feel like um, at any moment in your own everyday life that maybe it can follow you. Um, so another movie I'm going to contrast it with is As, As Above, So Below. Um, that's a movie that takes place in the catacombs of France. And essentially they're sort of going deeper and deeper into hell and have to face their literal and figurative de demons. Um, I'm going to contrast it with that because I thought it was a good movie, but it, it necessary it, it makes you feel unsettled in the, the way that a good scary movie makes you feel unsettled, but it still has this kind of Hollywood effect to it. Um, I think it follows, um, cinematography wise, does a great job of making you feel like you're in a bland world. Um, first off, I think it is, it does take place in an alternate universe, but that doesn't have a lot to do with what I'm saying. Um, I think the best scary movies are movies that take place in our setting where you feel like when you walk outside, you're in the scary movie. And there are a great number of movies that sort of do that. They give it like a gray overcast tone to it all. It Follows does that. Um, the Boogeyman, I know that's a throwback, but that's one of the scariest movies to me. Um, the Mothman Chronicles. And, um, I don't know, think of any, like, uh, good, good scary movie. Um, When a Stranger Calls, which is my personal favorite, because it's terrifying while you watch it, but I don't really get scared afterwards. Um, but it does a really good job of making you feel like the everyday is where this takes place. Well, when you watch Pirates of the Caribbean, it has this kind of, like, Hollywood-esque thing to it. Um, this kind of, you know, you're in a different world, in a different universe, and that's what makes it fun. But for scary movies, the way to make you scared afterwards is like, oh man, like, this is quiet. And It Follows did a really good job of making it quiet out. Um, the way our lives actually are, there isn't a hundred, like, everyday life. We don't have constant dialogue to propel our plot. We are quiet and alone for the majority of the time. And that's what this movie does well. That's what, what When a Stranger Calls does well. That's what The Boogeyman does well. Um, and I'll say what I don't really like in scary movies. I don't like those kind of in-house scary movies. Um, the ones that are like The Conjuring, um, like The Haunting in Connecticut, um, the Amityville Horror, all of those, it takes place in a house. Um, yes, they do scare me, but, and they will scare me, you know, like the day after too. They do the job that they're meant to do, but it's sort of this kind of like, Rachel said it. Um, and her part, like, it's sort of like a money grab. It's a formulaic story. And I'm, you know, tired of it the way that in the 90s we got tired of slasher fix, flicks. Um, I love those. But they have a formula to them. Um, and so, you know, we should, you know, move away from that kind of stuff. Try something different. 
and um, try to do it well. Stop trying to make like funny, scary movies. If the like, that's a real like, like Sharknado, that kind of stuff. It's fine if you're actually trying to do a good story and then it ends up being complete and utter nonsense. But, like, don't purposely try to make a bad movie. This is me ranting. I am rambling now. But you get it. Um, back to the whole, like, making things really normal, like you're in a normal life. Um, and as above, so below. And I've never watched the Paranormal Activity movies, but I know there's just, um, those two movies take place, um, in camera and like someone is holding a camera the entire time. And I think that they are able to be successful at their films without having these amazing cinematographers like they had in It Follows. Um, because it makes you feel like, once again, it could happen in real life. Someone is just recording this on a camcorder and or something or like security photo camera in their home. Speaking of which, Rachel ends up talking about um, the works of Alan Resnick. And if you ever want to be scared out of your wits, just not just watch This House Has People in it, but like Google it later because that's where they end up scaring you. And they scared the hell out of me for a couple of weeks. Same way It Follows is still creeping me out to this day. Anyway, um, we're going to break into our next part and Lisa's going to talk about some scary clowns that have been roaming around for some time now. Now, Lisa says that it started um, a while back, but something scary is that this has actually been going on a lot longer than we expected. It actually started in the 80s, but since now we have more technology, we have video cameras on our phones, um, we're noticing it more. But this has been going on for a while. Maybe it's just spreading more. But um, she's going to talk about scary clowns. And then Rachel will give us some work on Alan Resnick. And Emily will finish us out with some sleep paralysis and tales of old um, kind of classic creepy stuff. Um, I think we've all had scary stuff happen to us. I could talk about it, but that once again goes back to how fearful I am about talking about scary things. Um, I had a really hard time editing this podcast. I can, I could only edit it, um, in a coffee shop in daylight because I hate scary things that much. Um, and it's mostly because I've been watching all these scary movies back to back. Um, never again. This is going to be the last spooky thing for a while. So, um, thanks for letting me talk and I'll talk to you guys for ends and notes. Hi, Chrissy. It's Lisa. I'm starting my podcast right now. On the couch with my dog, Brewster. Uh, So lately, there's been, like, a real problem with clowns, particularly, like, in suburban areas. 
in Western societies, particularly like in the U.S., there's been like a lot of clown sightings recently, and it all started like supposedly in August with this guy who dressed up as a white clown and he was carrying black balloons around to market his like horror film or horror event and it kind of like started a movement with young guys like in their 20s I guess dressing up as clowns and just walking around in daylight staring at people or just waiting outside I just think it's like it's so unreal the way like these people like choose to spend their time and I understand that it has a little something to do with the fact that you know they kind of feel dissatisfied with life and this is a way of you know kind of reaffirming to themselves that they do have some sort of power in society even though it's making people's like really really scared to go outside and so far like in the u.s there hasn't been any like real clown attacks of like this is what i've read in like the new york times article just a couple minutes ago that was published like five days ago there hasn't been any like intense attacks by clowns except like in europe in sweden there was an incident with this one clown who attacked a teenager and he stabbed a teenager in the knife with a knife in the shoulder and i just like i i don't know what it's like to be so far down in that play, mind that mindset that you feel like you have to do something like that but I I mean I kind of do I, I do understand that you know in our society today like when it comes to guys like to be a guy you have to have power and if you don't then you know you're a loser and in some small way these guys who are dressing up as clowns are reaffirming their guy guyness their masculinity and that kind of reminds me of what's happening in the middle east especially like with you know the men who are extremely impoverished and they don't have a lot going for them and they're not gonna get married anytime soon so these isis groups come to them and they're like oh if you do xyz for us we'll give you all this power and you'll get a wife and you'll get all this stuff that you wouldn't get if you didn't hang out with us so it's like they're at a disadvantage in society and (laughs) by dressing up as a clown and staring at people (laughs) They, they feel ten times better about themselves, which uh, I, yeah, I, I can't relate to that. I, I know there have been times where, like, I felt like, you know, I wasn't living up to the measurements of society, but what got me through it was lots of YouTube and, <laughs> that sounds so stupid, um, 
lots of YouTube and snuggles with my dog <laughs> and just hanging out with my friends. So I guess in that way I'm, and I'm also privileged, so. to you about horror. We're going to be talking about subgenres of horror and one of my favorite, if, if it really qualifies as a subgenre. It's more about that you get that there are different sorts of horror. There is like the basic gore horror. There is the uh, possession horror. Now I, I wanted to talk to you about one of my favorite, that deep unsettling feeling of horror. Know what I mean? The thing where it doesn't actually freak you out immediately. It's not like a jump scare. And it's not like, oh, wow, that's immediately terrifying. But it, it nestles in your brain. And then it just it doesn't go away. It's That's the thing that keeps you up at night. And it doesn't necessarily need to be, like, absolutely terrifying. It's just off-putting. Now, one of my favorite examples of this is the work of Alan Resnick. Uh, he's actually a comedian as well as anything else, but he's written two of my favorite sort of clips, videos. They're, they're, they're much more than that when you actually dive down deep into it. But these come off as like 10, 15 minute videos, uh, both unedited footage of a bear and this house has people in it. Uh, now, first off, I really would suggest taking some time watching that stuff without going any further into this because it really needs to be experienced by yourself just diving in it, it's it's a wild ride it really is and it's not it it almost lays on the boundary of horror it certainly is it's it's unsettling it's exactly what i was talking about earlier it's that feeling you get that's just foreign. It, it itches at your skin and it pulls at your heart a little bit and not in a positive manner, quite obviously. Um, but yeah, before anything else, I really would suggest just watching this on your own so you can sort of feel what I'm describing here. Alright, we got it? Cool. I, I'm gonna assume that everyone has either already seen both of them or has paused and went to watch both of them and are now completely freaked out or, you know, just generally unnerved like I was when I first watched it. So I wanted to talk about uh, unedited footage of a bear first because I like his transition to it. I, I like the whole shtick to it. And I, I just, I like both of them, but I'll start with this one first because this is the first one. So I'm going to paint a little scene for you guys because this is how other people viewed it when it first aired. First aired on uh, Adult Swim at 4 a.m. with no warning or announcement. So pretend you're a nice little person, you can't get to sleep, you turn on the TV and okay there's there's a clip of a bear. It's going on for about a minute or two and then it transitions into a commercial and then the commercial starts to get strange weird, some things are off-putting about it, they're, they're giving a lot of descriptions, if you read really closely to the screen you can see some of the uh, bylines, because it's supposed to be a, uh, a medicine commercial, are a little bit peculiar, 
And then it just gets weirder. It, it, I, I don't want to get into everything, even if you guys haven't seen it or don't care to be spoiled, because frankly, I think that could take a little bit too long to explain every single detail about it. But long story short, it starts normal, and then things get strange, and then stranger, and then stranger, until the very end, you're, you're at that end point, and you're just going, what the hell just happened? That was awesome and terrifying. I gotta admit, that's one of my favorite things about it, the horror in general. Jump scares, they, they can get you whenever. Horror, gore, eh, gore is not really my thing anyway, let's be honest here. But like, being able to touch someone in that negative <laughs> um, sort of manner in the way that things just like unsettle someone, unnerve them, and it just clings to them for a while, that's awesome. That's awesome that media can do that to someone, and it's really wicked. Alright, I'm gonna have to, like, sort of trim this down. I honestly don't know how long I have to talk about this anyway. I could go for a while. I could go for a very long time, but I don't really know how important it would be anyway. I mean, I could, I could give you a word for word. Frankly, I feel like you should watch both of these clips anyway. Take a peek at Alan Resnick's stuff. Uh, you know, have a blast. It's Halloween-ish. Have some fun. Get scared. Or unsettled. But I guess I just want to bring it down to this. In a world that's really oversaturated with these shallow money grabs right now, you'll see constant horror movies coming out of the same three possessed little girls and things like that. The gore fest, whatever. Anything that breaks the same dated formula is fascinating, in my opinion. Anything that can grab attention that it, it's probably not completely new. Someone probably did something similar to it before, but it's not the same exact thing. It's so refreshing, you know? And it's one of my favorite bits of horror, this unsettling feeling. I haven't seen it all that much. Certainly not in mainstream media. Maybe a little bit with, like, the Babadook, and that went very well for them, so hopefully we'll be able to see a little more. But I feel like it's an avenue that uh, we should be able to coast our way into instead of the same three freaking things. You know? <laughs> Alright, guys. Um, I guess I'm just going to cut it off here, because I, yeah, I don't know how long this thing really is. I have, like, five different clips that I'm trying to seam together with this, because, yeah. And, yeah. This is Rachel, signing off. Good luck, have fun, you guys are trick-or-treating, which I don't know how old any of our viewers are. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Maybe your 40-year-old's trick-or-treating, I don't know, I don't care. Have a good time, have a happy Halloween, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hello and welcome to the special Halloween episode of Nerd Girls Talk, the podcast. I am one of the few hosts who will be featured on this episode, talking about some special Halloween topics. And I'm going to turn the sound effects down a little bit, because that might get annoying after a while. And so, I'm going to talk about a couple of scary things 
for my excerpt of this podcast. Um, I will start with um, one of the scariest things I think any person has heard of in this century. The 2016 election. Just kidding. I don't think anyone wants to hear any more of that, as scary as it may be. That is the true horror story of this fall. Everyone agree? <laughs> oh god, I'm so funny. Um, no, um, I think the first topic I will talk about is sleep paralysis. Because I, for one, have not... <coughs> Um, experienced too many um, paranormal activities in my lifetime, but I have experienced sleep paralysis before, and um, that's one of the more scary things I have encountered. So, for people who are not aware of sleep paralysis... It is the sensation of being completely aware of your surroundings. Um, Usually while you are sleeping, like your body is still sleeping, but your mind is awake in some form. And really, as someone who has experienced it before, you really, when in the moment, you feel like you're a lot more aware than you actually are. Um, But let's get into the technical definition and then I will speak about um, my personal experiences with sleep paralysis. Um, and I've, I've Wikipedia'd it before but I have pulled the page up just as a reference of sorts and Wikipedia defines it as sleep paralysis is a phenomenon in which an individual either during falling asleep or awakening briefly experiences an inability to move, speak, or react. This is a transitional state between wakefulness and sleep characterized by an inability to move muscles. It is often accompanied by terrifying hallucinations to which one is unable to react due to paralysis and physical experiences such as strong current running through the upper body. Um... And it does say that the hallucinations are often involved in a person or supernatural creature suffocating or terrifying the individual, accompanied by a feeling of pressure on one's chest and difficulty breathing. Um, I have experienced that before. I think when I was much younger as a child, a wee one, um, I didn't really know what was going on. I know I was waking up and I just felt like I couldn't move and I would try to make noises and call out to my um my mom or my parents to like wake me up because I was scared um and it's you kind of feel like if someone could just come and fully wake me up you know I've I think I've called out quite a or tried to call out to people and try to get them to wake me up it happened once um my boyfriend was sleeping next to me and I tried to wake him up by making noises, but you're not really, I'm not even sure if you actually make noises or not. And I've experienced before where, um, I thought I was at a sleepover and we were sleeping in one room, but for some reason I thought I was in another room and I feel like I remember 
opening, you feel like when you have sleep paralysis, you feel like you are opening your eyes. But um, perhaps, you know, it feels like you are looking around, but perhaps you just are dreaming that you're looking around and maybe you're not as aware of your surroundings as you think you are because there was one time I was sleeping in in a bedroom but I thought I was in the living room of the uh, person's house that I was staying over at and I was trying to wake the person up who I was staying over at their house and I I feel like I distinctly remember opening my eyes and seeing the living room around me but when I finally woke up and came to I found that I was in a completely different room than I believed I was in um one of the more recent sleep paralysis is paralyses, paralysis, paralysis, um, experiences, episodes, if you will. Um, I remember hearing laughing, like almost demonic laughing. And, you know, I'm not really one to believe in ghosts, you know, possessing you and everything, but that does go back to this, um, people experience hallucinations while they have sleep paralysis. Um, So I don't know. I wonder if anyone else has had any experiences with sleep paralysis. Um, It does say here, genetics and sleep deprivation are a major cause of sleep paralysis. And I can kind of attest to that because I feel like when I have had sleep paralysis before, um, it was when I was staying up a little bit later. So that's a little PSA to maybe go to bed at a normal time. Um, They have been linked to disorders such as narcolepsy, um, which I believe is people falling asleep in the middle of, you know, a regular activity like um, driving or eating or something. People just falling asleep uncontrollably. Migraines, (coughs) excuse me, anxiety disorders, and obstructive sleep apnea I can attest to that I have, um, I have some anxiety issues, so, you know, it could be, um, there could be some kind of correlation there. Um, sleeping in a fixed supine position increases the chance of sleep paralysis. What does supine mean? I know I've heard that word before. It means lying down, uh, lying facing upward. I've, isn't that how normal people sleep? I don't know. I guess I'll try sleeping on my stomach or something. Um, the underlying mechanism is to believe is believed to result from un or disrupted, not undisrupted, disrupted REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement sleep. For those of you who do not know, and um, that is when people are most likely to be dreaming. Rapid eye movement sleep. That is when. People's eyes move around and they're dreaming. And there should be a general inability to move your muscles to prevent the sleeper from acting out their dreams. So I suppose you could consider um, sleep paralysis kind of the opposite of uh, sleepwalking. Where if people sleepwalking, they're, um, what would you call it, they're, uh, their muscles are not being told by the brain to stop moving so instead they are they're more mentally awake but their muscles are telling them not to move 
Um, and it is honestly a very terrifying experience, you know, if you can hear demonic laughing. I'm not really sure, you know, what to make of that other than, you know, you're scared because you don't know what's going on really. And you kind of, um, maybe your brain's trying to make some kind of connection as to why they can't, um, move. But yeah, that demonic laughing one, that was, that was pretty scary. Um... About 8% of people experience sleep paralysis at one point in their life. Hmm. Oh, and then if you go on Wikipedia, you see uh, some very scary paintings of, I guess, people. And they're um, trying to maybe um, explain why they have these sensations. It has, in the past, it has been blamed on, like, demons sitting on your chest you know you feel like you can't breathe or you cannot control your breathing because your muscles are um you know you still you still breathe your brain still tells you to breathe while you're sleeping um but you kind of aren't really in control of it so you have like this feeling that you can't breathe um very scary yes it does say here visions and hearing a demonic voice when resistance is attempted are symptoms commonly experienced during episodes of sleep paralysis. Some scientists have proposed this condition as an explanation of reports of for ghost parasites and alien visits. Mm-hmm. So, I could go into more into it. There's, you know, treatment and stuff, but um, that's kind of boring stuff. That's not scary. That's the technical term. Isn't it kind of more fun to just think, oh, demons. They're, it's demons possessing people. Um, yeah, we'll go with that because that's the scarier alternative. So now what I can do is go into maybe I haven't had any personal um, paranormal experiences, but um, I know people who have had them, and I will just um, live vicariously through them and describe their experiences. So, um, the first one, my mom is pretty into um, ghosts. Like, she kind of believes that my um, my grandfather, her, or her um, father, kind of visits her every now and then. <clears throat> um... And I'll give you a good example. Um, our um, he, my grandfather, my papa, Al was an electrician, and so th- over the years after he passed away, my grand, my my mother would kind of, you know, if we had some kind of electrical issue, be like, I know that's you, daddy, or something like that. Um, the lights actually that he he installed for us come on for no reason. Um, every now and then, and what we really think it is, is that they're, they're on a, um, a remote, and so we push a button and they come on, and we think maybe someone who lives in the area, one of our neighbors, maybe their remote is on the same frequency, and maybe every so often they hit the button in a certain way, and the signal travels and turns our lights on, um, but I will say he did install them for us, and it seems to happen at certain times of the year. You know, it'll happen several times for a week, and then it'll stop for months. Um, 
Although the, another experience also with electricity, also with my mom and my grandfather, um, the, we have a hot tub and my mother tried so hard to replace the light and she couldn't get it to work, the light in the hot tub. So she tried and tried all day and then she went inside and said, okay, daddy, if that's you, oh, I actually, okay, she, <laughs> she felt someone try to walk behind her several times throughout the day. So she said, okay, daddy, if that's you, fix my hot tub light. And the next day she went out and the hot tub light was fixed and it didn't break again. So, you know, hmm, my mom tried all day and it didn't work, it didn't work, it didn't work. And then she asks my pop-up to fix it and it's fixed. So, I don't know what you make of that. Um, there's also a couple other things. Like My, my mom actually said, um, she told me that I think, or she thinks that I look kind of like my my grandfather a little bit and one time she said I swear to god you know sometimes I go oh my mom you're so crazy you don't know what you're talking about she said to me oh my god it for a second there I I saw I saw my father's face and then it sucked into your face like she I, I guess she saw an, a vision of his face and then it zoomed into mine you know, when she looked at me, she thought she saw his face for a second, um, which is interesting. <laughs> um, so then I, I can kind of move on to same grandfather, but my cousin, who was also my female cousin, her name is Crystal. She um, was very close to my the same grandfather, my pop-up Al, because she lived with... Um, she and her mother and her brother lived with my grandparents as she grew up. So she was, he was kind of like a father figure to her rather than a grandfather. Um, she was very close to him. And she was pregnant when he passed away. Um, so Bella is her daughter. Bella never met Papa, but she'd see pictures of him around the house and whatnot. And so she knew what he looked like. And, um... My my cousin Crystal would often tell Bella, yes, I miss Pop-Up. He's your great-grandfather. He's my Pop-Up. Um, so Bella was still pretty young. She was about two. And she was in her high chair. And she was looking out the window. And she looked like she was dancing. And um, I'll just say this. My grandfather was a tap dancer down in Atlantic City when he was growing up during the Great Dep Depression. That's how they his family made their money. Um they danced on the boardwalk. So, um, which Bella, she was two and a half, maybe even three, probably not much older than that. Um, of course, I don't know if she really knew that he danced. And even if she, she knew that at three years old, I don't know if she would, you know, make these kind of connections, but she was dancing in her high chair and she was looking out the window and she pointed to a bench that was outside and she said, pop up, pop up's there. Mommy, pop up's there. And, you know, how a three-year-old, I don't think, really had has much of a concept for, for ghosts, you know. So, in, in her mind, pop up was outside by the bench. And she said, well, what are you doing? She's like, I'm dancing. I'm dancing with pop up. So, hmm. She was dancing with uh, my grandfather who'd passed away the year before she was born. <laughs> So, there's that. Um, also, same cousin, 
Crystal, her um her husband got in a an accident while she was I'm not sure if she was pregnant or not, but um she was home asleep um late at night and her husband was driving home from work. I think he worked at a restaurant at the time and so he was driving home kind of late. And he got in, into an accident. It wasn't that bad, but it it probably could have been. Um and so before my cousin woke up and got the call from her husband, she had a dream or she, maybe it wasn't exactly a dream, but she dreamed of my pop-up's voice saying, this is actually kind of funny, um, something to the effect of, you gotta tell your damn husband to drive better, I'm tired of moving him all over the road. And then she woke up and got the call that he was in a car accident. So she kind of interpreted that as, you know, my grandfather was, you know, watching out for him and moving him around the road to keep him from getting into a more serious accident. Um, I think that's all I have um, with my grandfather, but there is quite a lot of um, stories around my grandfather. Um... Oh, I can also share a story also from my mother. She went to see a, um, what do you call it? A medium, I guess. She, um, this, this medium she went to see, I think maybe with a couple other people. And the medium said to her, um, there's a young man in your family who's passed away. And it was my cousin. He was in a car accident, um, a couple years ago, um, a couple years before this, um, she, my mother visited this medium and she said, yes, it was my nephew. And she said, um, okay, he, all he wants you to know is that his mother is having a very hard time. Um, and my, he was actually my, my mother's, um, it was my dad's brother's son so my my mom they and his mother were in-laws um and there was a lot of drama in the past couple years after he passed away because you know it, it just gets holidays get a little bit hairy when a young person passes away because it's always hard when um you know getting together and for holidays and so um we were having a lot of issues between the two families, you know, my, my uncle and aunt don't want to go out or don't want to have a traditional family style holiday meal. They'd rather kind of go out or have small like dessert together. Um, and so there was a lot of, um, animosity. And so my mom kind of interpreted that as a, you know, let's, let's be family because it's been rough for everyone. Um, so I'll leave that on a relatively positive note, you know, always stick with your family, you know, you never know who's going to, um, you never know what you have until it's gone type of thing. That's a bit of a heartwarming end to a scary story podcast, but, um, I'll leave it at that. I hope, um, you had some holiday Halloween cheer. Oh, goodness. I gotta go to bed. 
you know what was really scary? The work day I had. Ten hours, man. All right. Over and out. This is Emily signing off. Um, I hope you guys thought this was interesting. I know everyone's audio is a little different. I'm sort of just throwing mud on the wall, seeing if it sticks. Uh, And let me know if it really, really, really sucks. (laughs) I don't know if you guys like it or not. I'm really just trying to find ways to work it out and such. Um, Yeah, I mean, Lisa made a connection from clowns to ISIS and masculinity so are we millennials uh, uh, yeah definitely definitely millennials um i'll put links in the description to um the wikipedia on sleep paralysis um the first sighting of the clowns and um work of allison reisnick because you know right oh I, my, the reason why I redid this, my part, is because I started on Too Many Cooks, which is, I'm sure you guys have heard of it, it's the work of Alan Resnick, and um, Rachel just did such a better job explaining it than me, but I do want to put out there, like, he does an amazing job of making you feel like, you just gotta, like, you have an itch, like, it makes you itch. It's just super uncomfortable, and I think that's really interesting and cool. Um, anyways, put link in the description of the stuff that you like most that scares you. Um, I am going to watch a lot of Hocus Pocus now to make me feel better about Halloween in general. Hope you guys have a happy one. Bye. To the ball, I'm styling, profiling, drinking Long Island. Still gonna rock, rock to the beat though. Still plan to rock, rock with this freak hoe. So I'm moving in, bring the music in. I spit that game and you can keep it as a souvenir. Yo, it's true, beware. Cause what I'm doing here is gonna get your girl wet, get your scuba gear. Nothing lit, don't matter, I don't even really care. But if your ass ain't on the floor, then bring it over here. Do it over here, then do it over there. It's all because she likes the way I Boogie, 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 boogie Get your boogie on Boogie, 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 boogie Get your boogie on Boogie, 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 boogie When the music's on Feel the vibe, get into it Move to any song Boogie, 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 boogie Get your boogie on Boogie, 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 boogie Get your boogie on Boogie, 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 boogie When the music's on Feel the vibe, get into it Move to any song Boogie, 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 boogie Hey guys, it's me. I just wanted to apologize for how absolutely awful that song is that I put in.
Um, I, my roommates are asleep right now, so I'm trying to be quiet. But, um, but yeah, I, I know it's pretty awful, and I'd like to say that I put it in there to be ironic, but I really put it in there because I thought it was so absurd. But then, um, on the outro, I listened to it, and I was like, wow, this is super offensive to ladies. Um, and it's sort of offensive to me, but I do think it's absolutely ridiculous and awful, so... Um, yeah. Happy Halloween!